0: You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 K C Z W L P Conroe and 106.1 C Z L P Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. That's great, it starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes, an airplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane, listen to yourself. Turn world with its own need. To clatter
1: with fear, bite, All right. We're live. Live, live, live on Mornings of Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. It is the 6th of February. Happy, happy Wednesday here from Lone Star Community Radio. Starting a live broadcast from the Lone Star Community Radio studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Hanging out in the studio with Skippy. No No guests today. That's right. No guests today. Sadly, no. But we will have a guest tomorrow. talk more about that towards the end of the second hour. It is 928. It is 72 degrees outside with a 15% chance of rain throughout the day. And uh, that's going to be more towards tomorrow. But it rained a little bit this morning, so everyone's okay. It's kind of a dreary day. But uh, maybe we should open the windows up after our first break. Let's see what's going on outside. Uh, welcome. We're on Facebook Live, IRLoneStar.com, streaming live from our audio stream and app. And then, of course, Conro's FM 104.5, 106.1. Today's show partners are Bean Punk Coffee, Creative Content Creation, C3Memories.com, and Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. And the Save Union was last night, so we'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking about our ticket giveaway this Friday to Lost in Yonkers. Uh, we'll also have to double down since we, list- we missed last Friday due to me. Then we'll uh, give away <laughs> two pairs of tickets. So all you got to do is uh, enter on our Facebook, just personal message us, DM us on uh, Twitter, or call in 936-647-3776. All this information can be found at irlonstar.com slash MWLS.
2: Uh, So there you go. We are back. and So, Dick, what was your uh, lame excuse for Friday? And I'll tell you my lame excuse for Monday.
1: Oh, my lame excuse was I overslept. That'll work. Okay. That's my lame excuse. Okay. I stayed up pretty late.
2: Well, you were a party nut. Was the bowling? It was bowling, the bowling the night, before, night, right?
1: Yeah. How'd you do? Well, actually, I got a, I got a bone to pick with our sponsors. Beanpunk is they didn't show up. What? Yeah. So, and uh, unfortunately, since it was the first game of the season, and we didn't have a team, we played by ourselves. So Hall and I were done in like, I want to say, under an hour. Yeah, you stayed up late. Yeah, I was working. Where you celebrate? Oh, okay. Celebrating what? Not having a team? Yeah. Yeah, I think and Jason tried to pull that stuff. Jason, I'm calling you out, man.
2: oh Try to say that he wasn't
1: going to play this season. I'm like, what?
2: There you go. Well, my cheap excuse is over the weekend, a Sylvia closed. Yeah, I
1: did. I'm sorry I
2: missed it. It's okay. It was, it was a really good run. Uh, a lot of great memories, but we were striking the set, and I was moving furniture and just tweaked my back enough to where I wasn't able to sleep the night before. Do you not have, like, a back brace in your car? I refuse. I'm supposed to use a cane, and I don't.
3: But yeah. I've oh, got right a, now you're
2: supposed to. You're, you're talking about... Yeah, like, for years I'm supposed to have used a cane or a walking stick. I have a, I have a knee condition. Uh, what's yeah. it called? Weakness? Chondromalacia.
1: What's that? it's um, made up.
2: I, I know, Is right? Is it uh, pre-existing? Well, I've had it for a while. So you're covered? Yeah, well, it's... I, I don't want to have the surgery that would take to fix it all the way, so I just... You know, I've I've learned to deal with it, and so every now and then I'll use the use the walking stick or the cane to look all suave and stuff. I do have a walking stick collection, but yeah. So I, I refuse to have a back brace or or use my cane unless I absolutely have to. I think you should use it. Well, no. I, well, again, I use walking. I don't use the canes with the curved handles like an old man. You know, I've got the swaggery walking stick. With I got a, I have a walking stick with a sword inside of it. I've got one. a walking stick with a, a flask inside of it. I can totally
1: see you forgetting that you're going on an airplane, and you're like, "Oh, sir, we're gonna need to scan your walking stick." And you're like, "Oh crap!"
2: Oh great, there's because I mean it's a full tilt. You you know you unscrew it, you pull it out, and it's a full tilt sword there.
1: So many people need one of those. Yeah, hey,
2: you never know. Because no. I can take it into one of those uh, bars that they say no guns. Okay, well I brought us I brought a sword to the gunfight. Better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's what that was. But it's well, we Wednesday. Got, well, we got shows today, tomorrow, and Friday.
1: Yeah, so we're here. Don't worry about it, folks. And we got plenty of tickets to give away to Lost in Yonkers, presented by the Players Theater Company. So, what have I missed? I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I know the State of the Union was yesterday. Uh, the Super STFU Bowl on the, the Super S-O-T-U. Bowl was this weekend. And, and no one noticed.
2: No one cared. I
1: watched it. I watched it, and then uh, I, made- I skimmed
2: over it. I DVR'd it so I could watch. I, the I made sausage for the first time ever. How was it? It was awesome. And I know this
1: because well, we're, uh, the buddy who I did it with is down the street from here, and he's done this before. His wife's family actually owned a slaughterhouse, a sausage packing place, mm-hmm. so she knew all the tricks. And uh, we made summer sausage, Link sausage, and pan sausage. Ooh. So, and he had different recipes. I'm going to need each. some of this myself. So I know. I, I See, I was there because I just heard he was making it. And I was like, hey, do you mind if I come by early and like, you know, come by and help out? Like, I don't, because I wanted to see how they do it. Because this is like a, a setup, not just like, hey, I got this attachment for my KitchenAid and I can make sauces. Like, no, this is, he had a big mixer. He had the, uh, the, you know, the skins and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, And he had the smokehouse. So that was really cool to see the process, and it looked really good.
2: Well, so, I'll tell you what, my friend.
1: I, I'm going to bug him. I figure a week, and then we bug him. Going, okay. Hey, how can I get, like, a piece of it? You bring some of
2: yours. I, over the weekend, perfected my buffalo wing recipe. You uh, know what's crazy about that? What?
1: Is I had buffalo wings on the football night. Uh-huh. This, my, my friend had an air fryer. Okay. Have you seen those? I have. I've been looking at— I've never eaten anything off, but I like wings, so he's like, oh, let's
2: make wings. And then
1: they were delicious.
2: I see. If I can get hold of one of those air fryers, I would like to try that. The recipe I have, it's baked yeah. um, and then broiled at baked, the end. basically. Yeah, but I mean, you know, broiled. Your traditional. Oh, broiled, yeah. You know, not boiled, broiled uh, yeah. to, to get the crisp on the top. But yeah, I uh, kind of messed around with the—took uh, a couple of attempts to get it just right but with a great combination of hot sauce, olive oil, and some other, various other herbs and spices. Uh, and Randall's has this awesome sale on their chicken wings. So Randall's. But, yeah. go to Randall's. I go to Randall's. Oh, like no. so, well, if Kroger's had a sale, I'd go get the chicken did you, wings. Did you time. even watch the game? I told you, I, I, I DVR'd it, and I just skipped over it. I was hearing live updates from friends and stuff, and I know... It was the least watched and most boring Super Bowl in living memory, and because you know I am as old as the Super Bowl. This was Super Bowl fifty three. I'm fifty three. I'll, I'll check that faster. out. Yeah. So uh, you know, I think more people watched me on stage that Sunday, that closing Sunday, yeah. than who watched the Super Bowl. That's just my thought. Because we had a packed house on Sunday. Oh, go, dude. Yeah. But uh, the commercials were interesting. The oh. Chunky Milk one still hasn't that. left my mind. It's one that I'll, it was effective that, golly, I remember it, but I don't know if you saw saw that commercial, but it's about bad ideas, and it was special chunky milk, and so they're pouring glasses of milk and just plop, plop, and then they're drinking and chewing at the same time, and you can't tear your eyes away from the TV screen. Between that and finding out that how corn syrup apparently can kill you if you put it in your beer, that's what I'm taking away from this. I think... I mean, Bud
1: Light kind of dominated that whole the whole Super Bowl. Like they even had that fake out with Game of Thrones.
2: That was brilliant. So I haven't even seen Game of Thrones, but I was laughing at that one. But I love the whole, you know, made with corn syrup. Part of me is wondering if this is like the whole pink slime thing. Oh, you know, this this meat has pink slime in it. Well, you know, it's supposed well, somebody to. online
1: posted a of an ad that the corn syrup industry, or the corn. People posted. I think it's the
2: Iowa Corn Grows Association or yeah, something. And it's like Game corn up.
1: syrup is is all right like anything in moderation. Mm-hmm. That's the base of the tagline at the end. Yeah. Just like sugar.
2: Well, it's almost like uh, what is it? not enzymes, electrolytes. In, in what was the stupid movie? The uh oh uh, idiocracy, where it's like electrolytes. But we have our water has electrolytes in it. It's killing the plants, but but it has electrolytes. Well, it's like we don't have corn syrup. So, well, we don't have corn
1: syrup. I think that, well, I, the, honestly, the, the weirdest beer ad was that Michelob gold one when that lady was in the beautiful forest area, and she had two mics. And mm. she was, like, leaning in. She's Whispering like, back and forth. She's like, oh, it's cold, or something. It's <laughs> whatever cold. she said. I don't know. Beer. Drink it. It's so cold. I didn't really get yeah, it. I didn't was, really get it.
2: Uh, well, I presume that the woman was some kind of, uh, I guess she's an R&B artist. The, I, I would, it doesn't matter. Like, like a performance artist or something, you know, like a, a singer, or rapper. I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm so out of that, unfortunately. Yeah, that one kind of kind of stuck with me. There, there, were, some, there were some decent ones. Nothing will ever beat the 1984 Macintosh ad. I yeah. mean, that was like the Super Bowl. No, I really schools. like
1: that Washington Post ad.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't really, I mean, that. Well, did you see the backlash from the reporters of the Washington Post? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's They're right. like, hey, great $5 million spent on an ad. How about next time you give it to us for better health care and better salaries? I mean, kind of across the board, long-term yeah. Washington. Well, the North conspiracy
1: theory was uh, Jeff Bezos paid for an ad for his uh, shuttle company. Mm-hmm. You know, that he, he does spaceships and stuff. But since um, the ad was made, but apparently it was made with contribution from his little Little side piece. When I say side piece, I mean his mistress. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't want to have the that The
2: catalyst for the most expensive divorce. Oh, so in they, history. they didn't want
1: to have that in the headline. So apparently, he've already purchased the spot. So he had to make something. <laughs> that's that's a conspiracy theory. And I, I'm the air, all about those
2: off the air. There's no way I can tell this joke on air, but off the air, I will tell you the Murphy's Nails joke, which revolves around a Super Bowl commercial.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm excited about, it. but it, no, that was the a- that's the conspiracy theory with it.
2: I believe it. I absolutely can believe that happened.
1: So, and uh, you know, over the on Friday too, I don't know if you knew this. You know, I'm a big fan of listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. Right, and he has some really cool. He had like his last like two weeks have been phenomenal with guests because he's got some physicists in, and he's gotten some. What's uh, the name of his
2: podcast again? It's The
1: Joe Rogan Experience.
2: Joe Rogan Experience. Okay, keep and he has
1: Brian Cox. You know Brian Cox is? Yeah, great actor. No, the uh, physicist.
2: Oh, yeah, okay. England, there are two Brian Cox's. Yes, he is. Yeah, he was really on, he's awesome.
1: been on several times. I, I, that was a really neat. Uh, li- it's really funny to listen to Joe Rogan because he's he claims he's not a smart guy, and he just tries to listen to these really smart people, and I feel like I'm on the same boat when I'm listening. I was like, what's this guy saying? Let's rewind that again. don't really get it. But he had your favorite buddy from Twitter, Jack Dorsey on, and apparently he caught a lot of flack because he didn't really press the issues about the censorship he does. And I listened to it, and it really is like that guy is pretty good at sidestepping the conversation, because he basically he had, uh, like he flat out asked why did Nancy Griffith get in trouble for basically doxing the kid, and he says uh, he basically and summing up he goes, well we never experienced that scale of a reaction before, so we didn't really know how to handle it, and that that was his that was his response. So mm-hmm. apparently, so many people got upset by the interview that. Joe Rogan talked to Jack Dorsey goes they're gonna get him back on he's gonna bring the head guy who's in charge of the net discipline but whatever it is like the account management kind of thing yeah
2: so they're gonna get some
1: they're gonna get some answers
2: interesting well I just while you were talking I was listening but being able to multitask to a small extent I have added the Joe Rogan experience to my podcast list I'm getting in a podcast.
1: You should.
2: Uh, I, you know, in the past, uh, I flirted with him. I've actually been on one or two, and good ones, but that never really gave him their due attention until, I think, you know, I've told you I've been listening to the West Wing Weekly, and I'm mm-hmm. just eating it up. Yeah, it's
1: funny, because, like, his podcasts are about three hours long sometimes, uh-huh. and you don't really realize it.
2: Well, each episode of West Wing Weekly, the, the smallest episode I think they had was, like, 45 minutes, but they go up to, like, an hour and a half. And... I'm on the road a lot, so I just have, you know, when I turn on the ignition, it automatically goes into my last yeah. thing I was playing, so the podcast pretty much starts up, and I just listen to it. I I, I don't, I'll still try to listen to, to some talk radio or at least news radio, make sure I keep up with the news, but as far as in-flight entertainment as I drive, uh, loving, loving podcast, loving West Wing Weekly, so I will give the Joe Brogan experience a try. Yeah, well, my suggestion is only pick people that you recognize. Exactly. Because
1: uh, I definitely got, like, he does a lot of bow hunting, and I have no idea anything about bow hunting, and I've listened to at least I'm two of them. I'm presuming he has
2: Ted Nugent on. Though.
1: Yeah, he had Ted Nugent on, and then he does a lot of, he does MMA stuff because he's mm-hmm. he's the, like, league commentator for the UFC. Uh, my son would be into that. But-
2: Do you know my son was on the Marine Corps MMA team? briefly uh that was his that was his job after two tours in iraq uh he was stateside and he was training for the mma team and they were pretty much big recruitment thing they go to the circuit and and he was practicing and a kick went wrong or went right depending on you know who who you are and it broke his arm and i mean it, it literally you know the bone was in two parts mm. so he was in a it was in a cast. And I saw playing that happen to that football months. player in the, yeah. in the Super Bowl. It yeah. look,
1: it, he had a sandwich, and his arm was the meat.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about the chunky milk again now. Just some things just make you go. Yeah, that was. Uh, that's two of them.
1: So yeah, yeah. I, I always wondered about those replay operators at the in sporting <laughs> events. Like, hey, do we replay this? Can we find an angle that doesn't make people throw up? Can we
2: zoom in and slow-mo the bone, the compound fracture, poking through the skin? They had a good angle. It
1: was right when he put his arm between the helmet and the pad. Ah. So, like, you kind of, like, your imagination goes, oh, I know what happened to his arm. And then, uh, but, yeah, so I really recommend checking that out. He had, uh, like, this this week I liked, he had this guy named David Sinclair on. He was a professor in the Department of Genetics, and he's the co-director of the Paul F. Glenn Center of Biology at Harvard Medical School. And so you just they go into these different tangents about that kind of stuff. So that was a good one. Brian Cox, who is an English physicist, and he's a professor at the Manchester in uh, University of Manchester. So you know he's on a lot of shows and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So he's pretty.
2: I crazy yeah, I love find. Brian Cox. I saw a great. He kind of gave his own version of a brief history of the universe. Oh, okay, so do you know who Blink One Two
1: is? Yes. So he's tra- he had Travis Barker on yesterday, and he's the drummer. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know who Tom DeLonge is. Not sure. He's the other guy. You know, there's three people on Blink-182. R- right. He's one of the other ones. Okay. That is probably the most bizarre interview because he was convinced of UFOs, and he was convinced that the CIA was paying, and, like, the whole episode was about him talking about UFOs. No blink to talk, no crazy party talk. It was more of, yeah, no, really, I was, I was part of a program to convince people that aliens weren't real.
2: Hey, um, let's throw that out to the listeners. So what's, like, the most bizarre interview you've ever encountered? So, Dick, you just said... Uh this blink one eighty two guy on a podcast yeah. interview. The most bizarre interview I ever saw was Marilyn Manson on Talking Dead. You know, after The Walking Dead, he yeah. talks to The Walking Dead, they have a a live Is he really show. into that show?
1: Yeah. I mean, I have to, I guess. Yeah,
2: but this is I think from the first season of Talking Dead. For, for maybe. Oh, the good season? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, Talking Dead didn't start up till season two of The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. You know, first season, they didn't realize it would be such a hit.
1: Now you're confusing me, by the way, but just keep going. Yeah,
2: okay. So there's one season fewer episodes of Talking Dead than there are of Walking Dead, but they had Marilyn Manson on. And even at the end, Chris Hardwick was, like, apologizing to the audience and saying, I will never have this guy on the air again. I mean, it was – Manson was just going out of his way to be, "Oh, okay, we get it, you're weird, you're you're in your face, you're avant-garde, I get it. You don't have to keep proving it to us with everything you say. And uh, I don't think it actually did him any favors.
1: Well, I mean, I don't think people are trying to do that. Like, Liam Nielsen's not doing himself any favors. Wow. Wow. Let's talk so. about—well,
2: hold on. What time is it? Tell you well, it's 945. Take Let's take a break, but come back. Let's talk about unfortunate phraseology and how it can take your career. We'll be
1: right back. You're listening to Mornings Lone Star. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, we're giving away those tickets to your Austin Yawkers, so make sure to enter. We'll be back.
4: Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning.
3: Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with other treats and coffee. For more information regarding store hours and delivery in downtown Conroe, Conroe Coffee is on Facebook or by telephone at 936-266-7632.
1: We would like to thank Conroe Coffee for being a supporter of Lone Star Community Radio and our morning
0: sponsor with Mornings with Lone Star. three seven seven six to take your first step into the radio world
1: did you know there are more than 790 abused and neglected children currently in foster care in Montgomery County Will you help make a difference I'm Allie Stevens with Costa Child Advocates of Montgomery County we train and support volunteers to be the voice of children in the foster care system kids removed from their home because of abuse and neglect and we need volunteers just like you to advocate for these children to learn more about becoming an advocate, please visit costaspeaksforkids.com. That's costaspeaksforkids.com. All right, we are back. Mornings, Lone Star, Hanging out in the studio. A little dreary outside, but uh, it's a nice February 6th. Your February is going to be Okay. John? My February 8th, so far. So February, good. Yeah, February. February. When's uh, the Happy Days auditions? Thank or you when for are they?
2: when are the the Happy, Happy Day, Day. Uh, Happy Days the musical auditions are happening on February seventeenth and eighteenth. Well, there so you May go. This month. Yeah, and cool. now the show runs in May, so plenty of time. Uh, you know, we're gonna have a nice long rehearsal schedule. Uh, got production meetings already lined up. Got a great uh, assistant director and stage manager. Uh, nailing down some other team members. Okay. Uh, talk to uh, you know Roger Ormiston who directed Lost and Yonkers. Lost in Yonkers and the awesome Mike Glass. But between them, they are. He was awesome. here yesterday.
1: Was he really? Well, I needed some advice on this table. I'm going to clean up. He's this table. the man. I, I mean, so, so I talked to both of them. Highly recommended.
2: Yeah. So. As a, yeah, I will recommend to myself anyhow. Uh, I talked to both of them about my set desires for Happy Days because the last. Is thing there I a directed, jukebox? And can you kick it and it starts? There will be a jukebox, and hopefully, it'll be a kickable jukebox. Because you got to have jukebox. Yeah, fair enough. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I want that to be like the centerpiece where everything's built around it. Yeah. And so, yes, we're working on getting the live band together and all kinds of stuff. So, that would be fun. So, uh, February 17th and 18th, uh, 6 to 9 p.m., both evenings uh, at the Owen Theater. We have that. We have 42nd Street start uh, starting up or already started up, I think. At the I think it, I think it started up this previous weekend at the Crichton Theater. Big musical, a lot of people in it, so you definitely want to check that one out. Uh, Sylvia did close down, but coming up, uh, I think next week at that same theater, Stage Works. It's the Drowsy Chaperone, which actually is a very very funny and very big musical, but it's one that a lot of people outside the theater don't know about. You know, it's not a name. Right? Everyone knows Romeo and Juliet, uh, or Rent. Now, speaking of which, I want to talk about the live Rent thing that happened. Well, we, did, we, hold on. we 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 teased the Liam Nielsen thing. Oh my gosh! Yes, I'm sorry. Thank you, Squirrel. I'm having a squirrel yeah, moment. Yeah, I know. Okay, uh, so Liam back Yes. Uh. <laughs> hey, let's talk, talk about the weather real quick too. It is 9:50 on the dot squirrel. Weather right now? I can tell you what it is in Baltimore because my mother's going out there, and it's up on my. Uh,
1: well, it's uh, 73 degrees outside here in Conroe, Texas.
2: going to get up to so, 80 today.
1: Yeah, I know. It's going to be a little nuts. Global warming. But uh, On Friday, it'll we'll be talking like to 44. You always like to do a little cheap jazz. Well, because on Friday, to, it's going to be 44. To Global about, cooling. I wanted to talk about this Liam Nielsen thing. Yes. Because this is really one of those tests on social media and, like, which way are people going to go? Because, you know, last year and this year, the Me Too. Or when I say Me Too, I don't mean the specific Me Too movement. It's more of the online uh, pitchfork. Folks, you know, mm-hmm. like what power do they have? And Liam Nielsen, I think he's promoting his newer movie, um, The Winter One, whatever he is. He's killing somebody.
2: Yeah. That, seriously, they're blurring together. So, oh, yeah. You got taken I one saw, through I saw The four. Commuter last
1: week, and I was like, man. They're all, he's a guy uh, who but anyway, kills people. apparently in an interview, I'm going to read what he said. Uh, mm-hmm. They were talking, I don't know what brought it up, but he's talking about a friend of his went through, had a, was raped. And this is many years ago. And this is 40 years ago, uh-huh. he says. And, and, um, and he says, this quote, but my immediate reaction was, did she know who it was? No. What color were they? She said it was a black person. And then he goes, I went up and down areas with a kosh. Uh, I guess that's a crowbar. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what a crowbar is? Yeah, that was okay. not a pry bar, but yeah. Uh, hoping it, hoping I'd be approached by somebody. I'm ashamed to say that. And I did. I did it for maybe a week, hoping some... Yeah, black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something. But then he said uh, he immediately when he shocked shocked himself when he went through that. So he went and got help with the priests and all mm-hmm. that stuff. It was 40 years ago. Yeah. Why would you say that to anybody? Today. today. If he had said that
2: 10 years ago, no one would have cared. It would be like, yeah, we, we get it. We understand. Cause... Well, now they're trying to get him out, digitally
1: remove him from the new Men in Black movie. Because apparently he's in it. And then uh, that's kind of—he's one
2: of the stars of
1: it. I know. How can you remove him? I don't know. But anyway, I, what I'm interested in is where where are we are we moving the field goal posts, or is like when are we gonna kind of settle on what's appropriate and what's not appropriate? Because to me, he was just telling a true like a true story how he changed himself. Pretty much
2: what we all want from people. I think it who took, do have those kind of thoughts, right? I think it took severe. What's the phrase I can use? Guts huevos rancheros, to say that. It was, you know, I think in today's climate, you may want to think twice about saying something like that because it is going to bite you hard. But it was 40 years ago. He had a visceral response in a time period where tensions were high. Racial tensions were high already. Um. I think he'll survive it just fine. I know that right now, again, it's the knee-jerk reaction. But let's talk about the Virginia governor and lieutenant governor, what's going on well, with them right now. Because here's the thing. The Virginia lieutenant that real? governor. Was yes. that real?
1: I only saw a tweet about that. Yes. And I was like, that can't be real.
2: The Virginia governor, governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh,
1: so that picture's real of this Yes, yearbook. picture's
2: real. He, he, and his fatal mistake. They were finding out which one it was? His, uh, apparently, he's the one under the hood. Okay. Is that wait? Is that what he said? That uh, there's, there's still, they're actually running facial rec on the other person. But what, what hanged this guy? Pardon the are we, pun. And we're having CSI involved in this. Yep. And unfortunately, pardon the pun, what hanged this guy is that his initial response was to apologize for the picture, and then he issued, but that's not me in it. Then why did you just, you know, that he, he poured fire on his own bonfire? Well, he I mean, poured did, oil on his own. Do you bonfire. think this kind of stuff without
1: the media's backing will really have any impact?
2: Yes, because here's the thing. It's so the lieutenant governor figured he was about to get a promotion. Fairfax thought, thought, I'm about to become governor. He's out, I'm in. And all of a sudden, it uh, is released that he is accused of sexual assault. Man. And
1: uh, he... When you say accused, you mean like re- like he was accused yesterday? Or do you mean... Yeah, that this is
2: a recent um, come out. And I, I need to find... Uh, uh, the actual report. So I I want to make sure. So, I, what
1: are we going to just accept everyone has to wear body cameras? What do you think?
2: Okay. <clears throat> so, I can see, Justin I can Fairfax. See our,
1: I can see our friends Brett, the Bretts wearing them.
2: The body cams? Yeah, yeah. I'd wear one, sure. But Justin Fairfax, is Lieutenant Governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, has been accused by a politics professor from California named Vanessa Tyson saying that he sexually assaulted her in his hotel room at the 2004 Democratic National Convention. So,
1: not yesterday. In Boston. No,
2: no, 15 years ago. And her description of that is graphic. Now, she's an active Democrat. Okay, so here's the thing. So, an active Democrat is accusing...
1: Did it go to the police to... Like, what... I mean, I feel like this story already had some Well, he says it was
2: consensual, but here's the thing. As this is coming to light, everybody that was in the... That was railing against Kavanaugh. Oh yeah. I mean, it's now it's starting with agreed. Fairfax
1: saying we've already agreed. So with double the, standards.
2: Well, it's not just not the double standards life. so much. It's that you asked that the goalpost is being moved and it's how much we like the person.
1: Well, I really think the media has an impact on the narrative. But I also think that with that in mind, you wear that camera and you you basically play chess with this and you, you try to get proof.
2: Well, see, body again, cams are going to backfire because people will go out of the way. I'm wearing a body cam. I'm going to try and cause some stuff. Yeah. And here's the thing is if you use body cam footage or footage like that, you need, again, in context, you need to show the whole thing because if you just take a clip, as we saw with the kid and the Native American, the the 15-second clip to begin with is what caused all the grief, and then all of a sudden the full context came out of it. So body cams, oh, you, as long as you don't edit them, Or just show your little 10 seconds of, you know, you spend 10 minutes screaming obscenities at someone and then turn on your camera when they finally respond to you.
1: Yeah, I think that MAGA kid kind of showed 10 seconds of an altered video or a video. Yep. Can kind of sway things. Yep. And what got me thinking. Okay, so I wanted to talk to you about, you know, say say you're Twitter.
2: Like personally, I am Twitter. you're,
1: you're, You're the head of Twitter. Okay. Like what guidelines do you set up? and then what uh, i mean like cuz it's kind of a strange deal it's kind of like you're you're making up a new sport so you got to set rules you got to set guidelines and this is where like the arbitrary like oh you're banned for a day you're banned for a year like how do we gauge and how many strikes cuz no one's going to agree with whatever you say but i was thinking you know with twitter being the major platform for all like leaders like you know world leaders are on the platform and that's mm-hmm. what they use to communicate like when do you just say hey this is a lot bigger than just a social media let's try to be as transparent as possible instead of, like, currently, they're not being very transparent. It's just kind of like things just miraculously happen, and then that's... And well, there,
2: there are no set standards, and I think the big problem with that is because this is a platform that wasn't designed for world leadership. Basically, yeah. the, I mean, he even the said hotline...
1: That. He even said that. He goes, really, everything in Twitter has been created by our users. Mm-hmm. Like, he went through the story about hashtags and then at symbols. Like, that wasn't... We didn't make that. People started using it, and then we realized all we had to do is just make it easier for people to use it. Yep. So
2: and so it grew, and the, they had no concept of what it would turn out to be—that the president would uh, replace diplomatic, literally replace diplomatic channels. Well, I was with the with the same platform that lets kids take pictures of their food or yeah. show themselves not putting well, I mean, themselves I, on I I was
1: impressed that he recognized this—the the kid the what do you want to what do you want to call that situation? We got a cool 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 nickname. The the Ma, are... the maga hat kid?
2: Yeah, the uh, scapegoat?
1: <laughs> no, no, we got to come up with a cool name to like so I don't have to keep figuring out what to call it.
2: Uh the accused maga
1: boy. Okay, it's just called maga boy. I like maga boy. So he one thing I liked to he goes that was the first time he recognized a platform as a knee jerk reaction in a major scale and they didn't know like he goes that's what we didn't intend it to be. And he goes, you know, I wish people would, you know, not do that, but they did it, and now it's out. So now we have to figure out how to, you
2: know, but it isn't respond. the first time. We were let's no t- at
1: that big of a scale.
2: But then again, like I would think that the steel dossier release, I mean, that spread like wildfire on Twitter. Uh, but that also
1: took a longer time to come out as false. It was. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. The knee jerk
2: reaction was immediate. Yeah. But now newspapers don't even have their corrections page anymore. The retractions and corrections pages used to be on page two, where every time they got something wrong, there'd no. be a little column. And none of them have that anymore. They just move on and hope you don't notice. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, probably because what they do is they say, you're the writer. You're in charge of that web page. And that writer's doing something else. And they're like, hey, we see an email out of the 5,000 emails you get a day to correct that. It's up to you to, oh, well, I'm having dinner right now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm washing my. I'm walking the dog right now. I'm washing my hair.
1: I'm spending five million dollars on an
2: ad. That really wasn't a
1: smart idea.
2: And kind of bookending, we were talking earlier about the uh, Super Bowl commercials, the Washington Post one. If it had been anyone but the Washington Post, I would have given it more credence. But that just that made it so self serving because they weren't speaking on behalf of all media. They were showing pictures of Washington Post reporters who had been unfortunately. Killed or otherwise careers stopped um, to show the seriousness of an investigative journalist, but that's not inherent to just the Washington Post. It, it was like the um, oh, what was the thing that was a couple of weeks ago the the commercial, uh, the Gillette commercial, the razor commercial. If it had been anybody but Gillette, I would have loved that commercial so hard because it was it was wonderfully done but then you realize how self-serving it was. It was put forth by a company yeah. that spent decades causing a, a, a sexual divide by charging more for their pink razors than for their blue razors. I think it's all perspective.
0: Know,
1: the, the, the charging thing's hilarious to me because I, I guarantee you that was an accident. I guarantee you there's, like, there's two divisions of like, oh, what are we going to charge? And they don't talk to each other. Okay. Because there's no way a person in their logic would be like, hey, we have two razors of the same thing. Let's make sure since the women's market, they'll no, pay absolutely. More. You really the, think? Yeah, back-
2: absolutely. Which is, and it goes the other way around. This is why this is the same society that lets a woman do the identical job to a man that's not physical exertion that has nothing to do with like body size difference, but she doesn't make the same amount of, amount of money.
1: Well, you know what? I was thinking this, uh, yet the other day, and there's kind of a similar topic about spending money on these kind of things that are necessity. So you're going to spend money we're always looking for the better deal. And the thing I never really fully understood is when you go to the grocery stores or you go to online, it's like they do 50% of giving you the right information, like, for example, price per blade or price per pa- paper towel roll. Uh-huh. But then they don't give you that for all the available paper towel rolls. Okay. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? They don't give you that information. Like, if you go to, like, say if you go to Amazon or go to, like, HEB, They'll do it for a couple of the items, and then the other items that you're kind of curious about, they don't say oh per ounce or anything like. They don't say any of that. I'm like, why would you do it for these?
2: But like, it's just a different brand, and
1: it's I mean, it's conspiracy theory. I'm just smelling it.
2: There you go. Like, we got some. I, I'm looking at some comments here that've been popping
1: up. Yeah, yeah. People are listening on Facebook Live, but no, I. uh looking at the commercial and what's interesting about the, the opportunity to have a message for a brand. Cause you know, that's what advertising is like you're trying to make a message. And I, when I saw the Washington post, the only thing that felt really out of place was the, the message was, you know, democracy dies in darkness. And I'm like, come on guys. Like y'all been caught so many times. Yeah. And I'm like, know I get that these reporters passed or were murdered and died. Like that's horrible. But it was just kind of like... Oh, no, that
2: was the pointed jab at the current minute. Democracy dies. Not, remember, we're a republic here, not a democracy. But uh, that using Tom Hanks as the voice, and Tom Hanks played in the movie The Post about the Washington Post, it, it was, that's when I realized well, at the end it got so self well,
1: What they so should have done, done is not played it during the Super Bowl and just released the commercial. And it probably would have just got almost the same amount of buzz.
2: Probably well, again, the backlash is all these in the middle because of Super you Bowl, all the these five, reporters
1: you spend the five million. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you spend that kind of money on an app, people know you're trying to. That's why That's why I always expect funny commercials because they're spending so much money and they know funny commercials last longer than or the heart rending ones, you, yeah. you know, the
2: Clydesdale horses, which was, stu- that was stupid. Yeah, like, like there were no some offense
1: to that beautiful dog. And I the, think
2: one of the best Super Bowl commercials I ever saw. Was it was long enough ago? It was during the dot com craze, you know, the big old before it went bust. So in the middle of the dot com boom, there was a Super Bowl, and pretty much the whole commercial was thirty seconds of a monkey messing around, you know. Yeah. And then the tagline of the commercial was, "Well, we just wasted three million dollars," because back then a commercial cost three million yeah. instead of five, and that just cracked me up. I wish I could remember remember the product because at least it's like, okay, you guys are acknowledging. The stupidity of spending millions of dollars. Well, you know what? I, okay, this is kind of similar subject. Are you hate. buying Bud Light now because of the hot uh, the uh, uh, corn syrup thing?
1: No, I'm actually buying Bud Light because my one of my buddies
2: likes it. Was, has anyone's mind changed over Bud Light because of the corn syrup thing? Is anyone going to throw away their six pack of Miller Light no. because ah? It's... No. For every commercial that said the future is coming, you know where they show like a car from 10, 15 years down the line. I didn't think the
1: commercials were that good. I'm no, the, the whole better.
2: the whole milieu was just boring. I, I like all the get game out. though.
1: I like I like the game. It was exciting in the sense of football. Like the defense was pretty good. It was fun.
2: I'm so, uh, sorry. I was kind of talking about. I was kind of pissed
1: because I called. I remember seeing there and I was like, well, the Edelman guys already had a hundred yards. I think he had 100 in like a hundred yards, and like before the mid of the third. And I was like, well, he's going to win MVP, but not the defense, not Hightower anybody that's actually doing a lot of damage. And okay. I, I hate that stuff.
2: Now, meanwhile, in sports that actually matter, yeah. after being shut out for two years by Team Fluff in the Puppy Bowl, 15th Puppy Bowl, Team Ruff finally retook the uh, Lombardi Award. All those dogs
1: are adopted before the – I, right. Yes, a what a lot, tease. several of them are. What a tease. But
2: here's the thing. They, they have like 50-some-odd shelters throughout the nation. If you go to the what website, you can find near them. But they show the happiness. Yeah, Team Rough won finally in a blowout. What did you think of the halftime? Did you see the halftime at all? I did. And you
1: know what's interesting? And I, I felt I, I had he slept con- through it. Well, I, I had this conversation with Holly. And I go, you know, when did they have a halftime that was so great that it became— Part of the thing, like when when was because, is it normal to always have a band between halftime? I don't really think yeah, so. Yeah, it's what it morphed into over the years. Now it is. But you know, and I go, what makes a good halftime show for you? Because you know, you have to you have to say one was good. Why would they keep doing this? And I feel like every year everyone criticizes it. It's not ever like that was the best.
2: Well, I, I think, like, I, the best one I, ever was the I, one with
1: Prince. I started looking at back, and, like, apparently and 1994, to, I think it was, Michael Jackson mm-hmm. did one. Yep. And then even one of the uh, to, the higher-rated one was Lady Gaga in Houston. Yep. And that was, like,
0: 2017.
1: hmm So I go, okay, so people can make a good halftime show. Why don't they try to do that? And I was like, well, it's probably because, like, Bruno Mars and Maroon 5, the only problem I'd have with the only problem I have with Maroon 5 is that her tone and their sh- music shifted so much, but it wasn't like rock and roll, I guess, in that sense. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't get the excitement. He tried to do it, he took off a shirt.
2: I think that was an act of dust. Either he, there was always the plan, or it was like, okay, no one's cheering. Hey, I'll, I'll show my nipples. And then you had the rappers who I imagine are from Atlanta. I hope they're from Atlanta. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, I, I mean, I just didn't. I don't know. That that's not very exciting.
2: Oh, the problem when the rappers came out to me, uh, uh, Adam Levine, Levine, how you pronounce the name? Kind of looked looked like Vanilla Ice. Hey, he was out of place. Yeah, just way out of place.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think that even like I don't even know Lady Gaga music, but I felt her. I watched. I, I like, watched the and show. It was and I was like, she came from the rafters. She made me a fan. And she flew around. Yep. And then she caught a football. Right. And she sang songs too. So all in between while doing that, I know. And then uh, the Katy Perry one, I remember that one. The only reason I remember that one because it had that awkward shark behind her, that was like <laughs> had this weird oh, face. Oh yes, I forgot about that. And like I, that was kind of entertaining. Did you hear about that SpongeBob thing that they were trying to do?
2: I I was trying to figure out just in the middle of this conference, really you got what it was. You got a superimposed meteor. Well, apparently, SpongeBob meteor. Five
1: was teasing they're going to play "Sweet Victory," which is a song on the cartoon. And apparently, it's a cult song. Like, it's like the cult following. They love this song. Uh-huh. And other sports, they like other sports arenas have played it before as a joke. And it's all, if you listen to the song, it's very typical, like Eye of the Tiger, like, you know, your blood, sweat, and tears, and all for victory. You know, the, your, your the,
2: montage song. The, the, it, it's,
1: montage. Really what it, it's really what it is. Okay. And I, I was like, man, I, I can't believe y'all would tease it and not do it. Because that's the only way you piss off the, the the internet is not doing something you said you were gonna do.
2: Just in the middle of a rock concert, and I got SpongeBob. I was trying to figure that one out. I actually thought like the the um, DVR had skipped some time or something that had gone to a commercial. Yeah. Like wait a second. What? Yeah. And we can't forget the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson. Oh yeah, and we all know that was so planned. You think so? Oh God, yes. There's no way that was not planned. Okay. But why though? Why would you want to do that? Because we're still talking about it twenty-some odd years yeah, later. Yeah, but
1: I mean, I'm talking about from their perspective. Like, I don't think anyone. I think it
2: look good on paper to them. Hey, hey,
1: because are, are this they going to sell more records because of?
2: Yeah, are you kidding me? I'd buy a Janet Jackson concert on the hopes that I get to see. Because I NFL do Ring. remember watching it, and I remember seeing
1: you couldn't tell what it was cuz she had that huge ring on on her breast. That was the whole point. And I was like, "What what is that?
2: Is that part of her costume?"
1: And then no one really knew cuz it, you know, they show it and they go away. I
2: defy you to name me anyone on the planet right now wearing that kind of nipple ring under their clothes ever.
1: Challenge accepted,
2: me. Yeah, right. People don't that thing was honking. Well, let me show you big. What I got. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Well, okay, Dick. Yeah, sorry, people, you didn't see it on video, but Dick apparently is wearing the identical nipple ring. That's funny. So, uh, color me red.
1: But no, I, looking back at the past shows, I always wonder what made a good one, and I guess it's all about just entertaining the folks and having it loud and oh, going entertaining crazy.
2: and not going out of your way. Here's the thing: is like when well, Beyonce did hers, she turned into some whole. You know, the right right is bad. Uh, you know, it was like, oh, she of, did
1: have a little political message,
2: too. Yeah, it. I and that remember was not Who watches football? Not that people, those people. Not Hollywood. So a Hollywood person is making fun of yeah. people watching football in the middle but of the halftime show. Well, I think also
1: what kind of confused me about Maroon 5 was their music hasn't really changed.
2: Well, when they start off with the only, here's the thing this is the embarrassing and thing. And I meant
1: like when that's not changed, Sean, I meant like, I thought their demographic was 16 year old girls. No, that was back then.
2: Now it's... But their music hasn't really changed. Guys my age. Guys your age like Maroon 5? Yeah, because they were... Rock- Here, here's the embarrassing thing. I don't really thing. know. I
1: don't really know. That's what I'm trying to understand.
2: I won tickets to meet Maroon 5 backstage at the uh, Woodlands concert. I didn't know them like anything about them. And I know my son, who had recently gotten married, or no, he was dating his soon-to-be wife, loved them. So I gave him the backstage okay. tickets. And so they got pictures with them with Adam Levine. I had no idea who Maroon 5 was. Now I'm kicking myself. I love my son, but I I should have gone myself.
1: So you like Maroon Five? I do now. I didn't. So attend. how many albums of Maroon Five do you? Own?
2: None. I only. I probably know two or three of their songs. I just know
1: him from that one album that they the debut album, and then he became like a judge. every
2: song that they played in the Super Bowl halftime show is the only songs of them that I know. So I like. I'm not like fans, but that was a band that was really hot back in the day. And those are the songs they played. They didn't play anything currently. Now, when you're a Prince, you can kind of get away with it because all those songs were timeless. You know, yeah. you put on proper. Well, oh, he's been
1: around for. Well,
2: yeah, he he was at around that
1: time for, when he did the concert. He's been on. Yeah, and he did the same thing uh,
2: on American Idol. He was in the finale for that too. And he he's that much. Well, of like you an
1: idea. Of Bruno Mars did his stuff, but then he had Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think that was it. Red Hot Chili Peppers did it with him.
2: Yeah. But you have bands like Maroon 5, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Adam Levine is now known for The Voice more than Maroon
1: 5. That's why. That's what kind of confused me because I was like, all right, I kind of know. This and so, and they're playing
2: songs from 15, 20 years ago. That was all they played. Okay. And that, I think, was the problem. It was very dull. And, you know, viewership was down, uh, I think, an additional 10% off an already low record, low viewership from last year.
1: So, Anyhow. so leaving that conversation, what would you do for the next Super Bowl?
2: Me personally, uh, just watch the Puppy Bowl live.
1: Basically, I'll, I'll do No,
2: you're missing the question. If you're the Super Bowl people, who, oh, do you do, the Super- who do you do for halftime? Who would I get for the halftime show? You know what I would do? I see, It'd be the 54th I would have gotten the Hamilton cast. You know what? Actually, that that kind of works.
1: I mean, I would have them, and then i pair them up with, like, uh, let's see. Like you're gonna do Paul McCartney, you to do someone classic, and then you have to do someone new, and so it'd be three of them, would be three acts. It'd be Hamilton.
2: I would take that way. You get everybody act from every decade that the Super Bowl's been going. So from the '60s, let's say the Stones or Golden Earring. Even you know, believe it or not, you know the the no, we we know you so like you like to talk about them. Them. You. So you know, get a band from the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, aughts, and teens. And each doing one song, and then at the end singing something together. Like, I'd like to teach the world okay. to sing in perfect harmony. You know, that's what I would do. All right. So that's not a bad idea.
1: We work these things out. We're looking forward to next year, right?
3: Morning's
2: Lundstar.
1: <laughs> we will be back after these messages. <laughs> is
0: cleaning is
4: available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning.
3: Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with other treats and coffee. For more information regarding store hours and delivery in downtown Conroe, Conroe Coffee is on Facebook or by telephone at 936-266-7632.
4: We would like to
1: thank Conroe Coffee for being a supporter of Lone Star Community Radio and our morning sponsor with Mornings with Lone Star.
0: What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936 936- Four four 8778
3: Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Sudden Link Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Want to check out the fastest growing sport in the world? It's right here in Conroe, Texas. And it's roller derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a non-profit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast-paced, hard-hitting game of roller derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conrorollerderby.com. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurance. For our self pay patients, we have a sliding-scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look up the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com.
1: All right, we are back. Morning's Lone Star, from ten at nineteen. Hang out in the studio. Don't forget, we're giving away those two tickets to Lost in Yonkers on Friday at ten forty-five. We're giving away two sets because we missed last Friday, so I'm sorry for those. Uh, you still have plenty of time to enter. All you got to do is look at our contact info at irlonestar.com/mwls. That is our show page, and uh, we have all the ways to contact us. So just make sure to contact us so you want in, and you'll be entered, and there you go. Also, another announcement: I have been given tickets to. 42nd street i guess that's what's going on this. yep yeah so we got, got tickets for us nice. for that so we're going to be continuing the giveaway. uh we're going to find more information hopefully by friday about how many we're giving away how it all works but they've been kind enough to give us uh tickets to that so we have more giveaways so stay tuned to our facebook and announcements and stuff like that okay so we are back and i know we have about 40 minutes left in today's show so we want to cover the the big meat was the State of the Union was last night. We're, we're uh, fortunate to finally have it. I was kind of like, oh, they're just going to skip it, kind of like how they're skipping the host at the Oscars this year. And they're even, even going to skip some of the awards because they're not as popular. Did you hear about that?
2: I, I heard something about it, but tell so me details. What, what
1: they're reporting is $75 million was spent by ABC, and so they're figuring out how to make it more commercial-friendly. And the response was some of the awards that are less desirable to show on TV, they're going to do during the commercial breaks. So expect a little bit more commercial or longer commercial breaks at the Oscars this year.
2: Interesting. So So these aren't like the technical awards where they say, you know, three weeks ago, we met at the Holiday Inn in downtown Hollywood for the best sound. uh, It's going to be
1: shorts. It's going to be documentaries and stuff like that. It's going to be the least-watched Oscars in history, I bet. Well, I wanted to actually, before we get to you know, I wanted to ask you that about, do you think it's just a trend of folks not watching what we used to watch 20 years ago? Or do you think it's legitimately like no one likes the Super Bowl anymore?
2: I I tend towards the latter. Okay. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah. I think whether you're left or right, we're hitting... Fatigue, the wall of, well, you know what, I'm tired of being preached well, to, pontificated to. Well, it got, it, got, to. it got me
1: thinking in a sense of I always like to look at things like generational. So your generation, Sean, has gotten that's their response. I feel like my parents said something similar, and I feel like a lot of folks around that age are very similar to what you're thinking. When, as saying, like, oh, I'm tired of it. Like, I've been watching it for 20 years, 30 years, and I get it. Don't care anymore. And then you have, say, the generation below you, like my brothers. They never cared about it. Mm-hmm. And it was never – they didn't have that hook. They care about other stuff. And then you have the generation before them, which is me. And I liked it because I liked movies. But then when I learned it was more political, not you know off merit, it's like, okay, don't really care about the Oscars. Never really cared about football. And I imagine the Super Bowl is only going to go down. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no way because people aren't playing football at my age, or maybe my generation was the last real generation to really play football. Then everyone started hearing about the CTE, and now Mm -hmm. it's like families aren't putting their kids. Besides Texas, I think Texas is the only state that people play football in now. Right. uh, At a young age. Kind of going uh, to
2: my point earlier, you know, the state of Texas watches the Super Bowl, so the last thing you want to do is have a political statement.
1: Well, I mean, I'm trying to figure out long term because you look at – you look at the money spent, $5 million an ad, so they're clearly they're making money. And they got to be, unless their overhead is just crazy and it costs them so much money to put that thing on. But then you're also looking at how do we keep getting that money in five years because if they keep doing record lows every year, that $5 million is going to stagnate and kind of start going down. And then eventually 20 years from now, they're, they've lost 40% of their usual income over the well, they
2: already have. That's the point. Viewership's so, down thirty percent, thirty some odd percent from. But, and a, as a result, there will be belt tightening across the boards, and the pampered players who are used to one hundred twenty million dollar five year, uh, contracts are going to be getting two million dollar five year contracts, and have to have to learn learn to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, for for me, because you're saying my generation, uh, I've I've lived my life pretty much through two philosophies. One is always take the pity date, um, meaning take any opportunity that comes to come see you, whether you think it's beneath you or because mm-hmm. uh, you never know what can happen as a result. And yeah. the second one is life's too short to drink bad coffee. Okay, that I'm of the age sponsored now, by Beanpunk. Yeah, right. Sponsored by Beanpunk with two awesome locations now, but. I really feel that way that I'm of the age now, I know, and I'm not being modeling when I say I have a lot fewer days in front of me than I do behind me. There's no way I'm living to 108. It just ain't happening. So I know I'm going to so be So you de- don't
1: want to waste your time watching
2: that crap? Yeah, I, it's, you know what? I don't need someone half my age or even my age or something to just, you know, the, the, the late night comedy like, or whatever, doing the same thing over and over. It's like you're not talking to me. You're actively trying to turn me away. So bye. Well like for
1: sports, I really enjoy watching playoff scenarios. Mm-hmm. I really like that it's like do or die kind of thing and it's really exciting cuz I mean like for example the Super Bowl, I enjoy watching it because it seems like there's a little more heightened urgency to win. But this Super Bowl was I mean it was particularly boring but the defense was really fun to watch and it was it was fun to watch in a sense of anything could have happened like all it took was one play to change the whole game. And I really, I really like that kind of stuff because that's when people get freaked out. That's why I like that uh Super Bowl, was it two years ago, three years ago? Because I watched the Falcons play the Patriots and by halftime it was three to twenty seven, I think, or mm-hmm. twenty one. And I I just I'll never forget talking to my my we're we're doing Google Hangouts with all my buddies or, you because know, I was by myself and I we like we made bets on like are they gonna come back? And I remember one of my buddies just said we never never doubt Tom Brady when you put him in a corner. And I was like... Nobody puts Brady, Brady well, in a corner. I just laughed. And then oh, when well, you're watching it, you're going like, oh, my gosh, like something's happening here. And that was a lot of fun if you like sports. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that, I was really hoping for a moment like that because all it took was one, like one pick six and it would change the game. But uh, that didn't happen. But uh, that's part of the point of watching sports. But the Oscars is a different business, I feel like. And I think with social media and the news, 24-hour news cycle people don't really care about it anymore because the only movies that are important to people are the Avengers. And if you don't start propping them up in an award ceremony, then no one's going to care because you're looking at all these other movies that no one cared about. Oh,
2: you have to do it properly, too. You just don't throw Best Picture to Black Panther. It's like, what separated Black Panther from every other movie before it?
1: Well, that's that's, that's the laughing thing where you're like, all right, Black Panther gets Best Picture. What about Avengers? Avengers certainly was a better movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was higher higher rated, higher earning, clearly a better... So, obviously, Black movie. Panther was
2: the the bone being thrown. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, the Oscars over the years have always been controversial and political. I mean, I'd be so disingenuous yeah. to say otherwise. But we would be outraged when Marlon Brando pulled his stunt and brought up Sasha Littlefeather, uh, who turned out to not be... That who even who she was, there was outrage. People were like, Oh, come on, man. This is, you know, accept an award where we're, we're congratulating you and ourselves. And now it's become the norm. If you don't get up there and say something idiotically, well, I mean, it's always expected, polarized. That. Yeah.
1: So it's not normal. Not everyone does it, but it's expected. You don't that want one Christian person. Bale to win
2: an Oscar for, because it was good artwork. You want Christian Bale to win an Oscar so you can hear what he comes up with. You don't want Harvey Keitel or Robert De Niro. To yeah. win just because they did something good. You want to hear them say, F this, whatever. And, again, we're just well, getting tired of it. It's the same well, thing every night over well, I was over. trying
1: to talk to Chris because they're upgrading the Grand Theater in the north part of Conroe. And I was like, y'all are upgrading it because you're more creating a better experience. You're not depending on the movies to bring people anymore. That was what kind of our argument was or debate was like, you know, all these movie theaters are creating kitchens and doing these special projects. Because they have zero, they don't have as much faith in the movie industry to make movies to get you to want to come see it.
2: Conversely, yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. But also, uh, the other route, the River Oaks Theater in the Heights part of Houston, yeah, you know the, that rough area, the uh, they are really expanding their midnight showings. And I they're got just, their calendar. They're just trying
1: to hold on until they get the historical marker. That's all they're trying. I think are
2: actually. I think they already have it. So, but no, it's they're showing. The Room, and Tommy Wiseau is going to be yeah. there. Right. I think they're showing The Matrix. Like, yeah, they're, they're showing the cult. It's just not Rocky Horror every Friday night at midnight. Yeah. It is, they, it's a whole month's worth of great movies that I'm like, I want to go see it. I was talking with a friend of mine. It's like, I'll drive us down to go watch this movie. I can't remember which one it was now because there's so many to choose from.
1: Well, I mean, that's what a lot of these local theaters are doing. And I'm thinking 2019, there's some promising movies coming out. And but they're all big movies. They're not gonna be Oscar worthy movies. Yeah. You don't hear about the Dan Day Lewis movie they've been working on for Do five years. Do you think
2: Avengers Endgame is gonna get Best Picture Oscar nomination? I mean, by by their formula, yeah.
1: Because they're gonna have to figure out how to get more people to watch this stuff.
2: And, and if and, that makes it disingenuous. That's where like, okay, we know Black Panther got well, this nomination. I think there's
1: a I think there's a line where the art and I would say that the the art to the sense of it's good, they equal out for what the Oscars want sometimes, mm-hmm. and like everyone can agree, Saving Private Ryan was a great movie, and yes. it, the Shakespeare in Love was not as good as Saving Private Ryan, but it won because it's more of an art film. Mm-hmm. I really didn't like Shakespeare in Love.
2: I thought it was very, but, it was very wonderfully written, but you have to you have to write to your audience. Yeah, that's the thing, and that audience was for people like me who get who got all the in jokes. Yeah, uh, of Shakespeare and a lot, but and then
1: you you got like for this year, and that's why a lot of the movies who are nominated just weren't. You can look at them; they're all like seventy percent mm-hmm. on all the credit sites and all the user reviews, like seventy percent. Mm-hmm. And I think that just tells you the quality these days of going to the movies They're just not very good. Like the good movies these years are the last year were horror mo- movies and super superhero movies or
2: epics. I mean, uh, you know, like the, the Quiet Lord of the Place. Rings, like the Quiet Place. Right.
1: Well, I got the or us. Well, that was like two years ago, though. Uh, I but, got
2: the Blu-ray to A Quiet Place. I want to watch it with Mrs. So, Skippy. But,
1: like, that kind of gives you an idea. That was a good movie. It wasn't nominated for anything.
2: Mm-hmm. So... Because it was, quote, science fiction, and science fiction doesn't win. until so that's why, I'm like, oh, we got to do... Oh, the Black Panther. What's the movie? It's like, is there an Avengers movie? Well, we got Black Panther. Okay, let's give it to them. Okay. So let's segue over to yeah, we got Save the thir- Union. We got there. 30 minutes left.
1: So, okay. Yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. We got a couple minutes before the break. So w- when... I will say I watched the whole thing. Good on you. Uh, I've, I had to figure it out because I don't have cable. so that was fun. And then I discovered Amazon hates YouTube. so I had to go a roundabout way to put YouTube on the Amazon device, which oh, okay I found that out and then uh, and we cook we cooked dinner while listening to it and it was it's funny because I didn't really watch a lot of it. I just listened to a lot of it. And then when you see online the, the Twitters and all that kind of stuff, the pictures of people like, and I wanted to ask you this because you know more about this, and especially our listeners, if you know more about this, is it kind of understood if you're there in the room if you don't stand, it's bad for like that means you disagree. Is that how it's like? Is that how it's supposed to be, or is that what it's developed into?
2: It's what it's developed into. Because I don't want judges.
1: The Supreme Court never stands, so you can't you can't kind of say that.
2: Yeah, but they remember Supreme Court is a almost autonomous. Once they're once they're appointed, they're untouchable. So, why aren't they standing? Because they can't, they have to, their, their very existence depends on them being non So, why even go? Because they are accepting, they are learning about the state of the union as tradition. Couldn't they just watch it on television? Well, they could.
1: Because not all of them were there.
2: No. Well, the, so, I don't, was, so clearly, was Ginsburg there? Ginsburg wasn't there. Uh, Thomas wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't imagine Thomas ever going. What He's just so...
1: Well, I mean, like, I'm trying to understand the rules. Because I never all really, are
2: invited. Even remember, even the president has to be invited
1: in. Well, yeah, I get that, but I meant more of like the rule of standing. That means you agree. If you clap, you agree. But if you don't, because people are saying like, "Oh, look at them! They're sitting down while he's talking about how great America is. Like they hate America." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well, is that really how it's supposed to be, or is it more of like, what happens if I just don't want to stand the whole time?" Like, was- what they? Got, I made a comment to my to my wife. I was like. Too bad they're making these old war veterans get up every single time. Like, those guys just want to sit.
2: Well, it's the whole thing about being inspired to, you know, there you will have uh, an 81 uh, year old war veteran stand 30 times. Well, he, he stood like just-
1: three or four times. I was like, that's because I remember watching that part because uh-huh. that was an interesting story to learn about, you know, the, the camps and then World War II and then all the other folks. I'm like, man, they're making these poor people stand off.
2: Well, the Democrats were kind of against uh, rocking a hard place last night. I kind of feel for a lot of them because the previous State of the Union, under the direction of Nancy Pelosi, said no one stand, no one clap, no one do anything. And so the whole State of the Union last year was they they sat on their hands, almost as literally as I can say that. And it was painfully obvious, especially traditionally when a president in the State of the Union, he's supposed to say unifying things. Is This is the State of the Union. Uh, our our trade deficit is down. Uh, world trade is up. Unemployment's down. But we have far to go with gun control. You know, stuff like that. Even even the negatives, you can turn around saying, we see that this is a problem and we need to fix it. Yeah. It's designed to inspire everyone to clap. And after last year, with, the, with one side pretty much refusing to clap and kind of looking bad as a result, this year, I think Trump's speechwriters... New. Oh yeah, to capitalize on that. Say, listen,
1: out of the equation, it seemed like an okay speech. There you go, and
2: that's where it made certain people look petulant and childish. By you know, when a president, I don't care if it's Bush or Clinton. But the standing
1: question is: if you stand, that means you agree, and is it that vociferously agree? Is Is it that dividing of like a decision? So, for example, if like he said something along the lines of like, uh, you know, terrorism pulling out of Syria or what all that kind of stuff. So, if you sat, you disagree with that.
2: No, not necessarily. But if you're if you're standing with you know sitting with arms crossed and glaring and refusing when everyone around you is clapping because it's almost same. like a
1: it, it's almost like the State of the Union is just a social
2: that's pat on the become. back, pat yeah.
1: on the back, and like that's why would you go?
2: Like it, well, constitutionally, the president has to deliver the State of the Union. Well, I meant more of
1: like if I'm going to be a if I'm going to be one of the party members who's instructed not to do anything, why? Because you
2: need your face time. You need to show that you were there to show your disapproval, or else you have to answer your constituents. No, oh, I'll, so do you agree with them? You didn't show up because you agreed. So yeah, you can't not. And I'm like, no, I had my
1: birthday party for my son. Yeah, I had to wash my hair that night. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, no, I just I didn't really understand that, so I. I I didn't really get an answer from you, so it's yes and now,
2: correct. That's, so we have to we have to, I, I I have put to it in, decipher it. I, yeah, uh. I can put it in smaller terms. For instance, with Sylvia, every night, uh, and this rarely happens. Uh, you know, when the lights go down at the beginning of the show, and you have the pre-show announcements, usually voiceover about upcoming shows, and please turn off your cell phones. And they said, now I'll sit back and enjoy tonight's production of Sylvia. And half the time. In a, in a show, people applaud, and half the time they don't. You get used to it, but you kind of gauge the room as a result. Or maybe if you have a good scene and it goes to blackout, while the scene changes, sometimes the audience claps, sometimes they don't. Um, and it's the same show, the same things are happening, it's just sometimes the audiences show it differently. Now, one thing about Sylvia that just blew me away that we realized, every night when it went to blackout, not only the beginning of the show, but at, during intermission, we got serious applause, and that almost never happens. That means you're doing
1: good, right? It
2: meant we were doing good. That people were showing their appreciation. Now, sometimes there wouldn't be as many laughs or be no laughter or something that was funny the night before. We don't. You don't take it personally. It's not like, well, you don't disapprove. It's not that you disapprove of what we're doing here. You don't like it. It's just you're your a quiet audience or maybe no one's giving you permission to laugh now. Um, it's the same thing with State of the Union. Just because you don't clap or stand or cheer or high-five or woot Doesn't necessarily mean you disagree, but if you spend the whole time, it's your body language. If we looked out and saw an audience glaring at us with arms crossed, it would mess us up. We're going, okay, they are openly hostile towards us. Yeah, There's some reason they don't like us. I definitely
1: noticed when he started talking about the women in Congress, that was a little weird. Just because they were quiet the whole time, but that time. And
2: I was like, man. It was brilliant.
1: And, I mean, I— No
2: one can say he didn't reach across the aisle because he wailed on the Republicans as much as he wailed on the Democrats. He, that was a bipartisan speech and as you pointed out I think if anyone but Trump had given it it would have been received a lot more
0: positively. Yeah. yeah
1: and he yeah. had some good guests there I mean that little girl mm-hmm. I mean Holly Holly went nuts yesterday listening to it because she's you know she's a nurse and she loved the positive talk about you know changing certain aspects and you know pre existing conditions and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and she because she worked on oncology at Texas children so she knew all about what that little girl went through. And I was like, well, I guess that's really what the speech is trying to do is talk about things that aren't as polarizing. It's more of like, hey, let's, we got things that we can fix that actually can meet down the middle between the parties. Right. But, I mean, I don't really know what's going to come from it. I know a lot of people liked it.
2: Well, I don't think there's been a State of the Union that's changed the world. And if, you know, if I ask anyone, so what was discussed in last year's State of the Union that made the Democrats sit on their hands? And Republicans cheer for things that maybe they didn't even agree with, but they had to show that they were behind the leader of their party. Uh, I would, you, you probably know, what, the only even tell thing me. I
1: really cared about was miking him up. They should have mic'd him up when he's talking to everybody afterwards.
2: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: I, I would have watched that because that's when he, he started, because they kind of still had him a little mic'd when he was talking to the generals and stuff. So mm-hmm. it was really cool to see if he knew their names or not. Because I was like, imagine being that in that position, you got to shake 300 people's hands. And you're supposed to you're supposed to know what their names are. But
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, that's tough. I mean, hey, Bob, great to see you. Um, hold on, I want to look up a a number. Well, we have one of our listeners,
1: our buddy Jay, is talking about it, and apparently he says this kind of standing up and clapping has been going on for a while, and he thinks it's getting worse every year. I mean, when it when will it just get to the point where they don't show up? Cause I don't, I still don't understand that. Like I know there's some respect to it, but if you're gonna dress up in all white, and I guess that's what was the white thing? Did they did they do like a public thing? Like we're wearing white because we want to show that we're women in the Congress.
2: Uh yeah, uh, women in solidarity It was the opposite of wearing black for the Me Too, for the the. Oscar but like Luster. other
1: women weren't wearing it.
2: Yeah, it wasn't for like everyone's like wear white or you're out of it. It's just a, a caucus got together, women's caucus, and said hey, and and it is the president rightfully pointed out, and even though a lot of those females were Democrats, he was very right in saying, we got the most number of women here, and it should, it is about time for this to happen. It's long past due, and they deserve the recognition. They deserve the high fives and the whoops, and that was funny. It's no one can say, well, he didn't even recognize us. Most women, he reached across, and I, so I thought it was brilliant. Um, yeah, so here's something I looked up. So the viewership, of the State of the Union was up overall 10% over last year's and was beat out the viewership of both Here we go. Uh, of Obama's State of the Union. So viewership for the State of the Union is going up. Yeah. While Oscars and Super Bowls these poli- and late-night comedies is going down, people need to realize more. Is
1: there, it's going
2: beyond my generation being tired of being. Is there a
1: way to get a feed where they don't switch all the time?
2: A feed where they don't switch? What do you mean?
1: Cameras. Because it got really annoying when they kept switching to people who, like, they didn't give you any notion who they were. It was, oh, like, oh, it was oh, like, look oh. at this person. Just yeah. Look at them.
2: Yeah, they, they were like, the director's, like, looking at all these things, going, find someone's looking pissed. Okay, and go. Yeah.
1: Uh, Is it possible? or C-SPAN just have like one? In camera? the old
2: satellite dish days, you know, when you could get like could the big like any honking satellite dish, you would, you could get the raw feeds. And uh, uh, I remember my former father-in-law uh, out in Hempstead, in this property, had an old satellite dish where he could get feeds uh, that just hitherto unknown. And I, I kind of missed that because that that was great watching. They were the the pre-show setups of uh, like new stuff, so you could hear the reporters talking. Yeah. Um, or get you know, you know, camera one, camera two, camera three, whatever of state of the union.
1: I'm sure they can make it, you can do your own now Did you know that, like on sports, certain sports, if you
2: go online, yeah, you can choose, you can yeah, choose I your saw own that. camera and stuff. I've actually got that on a, one of my options. I don't think I could ever use it, but this is interesting, yeah, very so, much so. They should do the VR, right? I think that's next. next I think 3D, sit next to
1: Bernie Sanders, yeah, like, what's up, man. <laughs>
2: Oh no, that was a scowl. If I that was a two hour scowl, man. That was funny. I don't know. I just because I told Holly, I
1: go, you know, you're. I understand when you're involved in a leadership position, and like being on a board or anything. Like there's, there's like sixty percent just boredom, like most of the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I just don't get how people who value their own time, and are that against something. It's like I get you say you have FaceTime, but I mean I, you got better things to do. But they really didn't. You don't think so? At
2: 8 o'clock on a Sunday night. or Because I can't believe you can't drink anything nice in there. Night. Can yeah. you drink in there? Can you bring, like, a beer and be like, what's no, up? I don't, I don't think so. Why not? I, good question.
1: I'll be like, hey, this is uh, no corn, corn syrup, guys. <laughs> you, don't think that, you know? <laughs> or you could be a dude from Colorado and bring the Coors Light. There like, you hey, go. There you go. Support my, support yeah. my people. No, the,
2: as a politician, you can't afford to not be there. That's so strange to me.
1: Because if you really hate this dude, because people hate Donald Trump, mm-hmm. if you really hate this dude, why be there?
2: Well, that's what I was... I was actually kind of expecting a Democratic uh, boycott of it. Yeah. Which would have been interesting, but that's the whole point. Let's say they talked about it. I'm, I'm sure somewhere someone went to Pelosi and said, hey, listen, let's just not go. Let's just turn it into like a West Wing episode. Let's just not show up. Let's all just boycott yeah. it and make them look like idiots. And they talk about them. and they realize then we will get an hour and a half of thunderous applause and, yeah, yeah, and it'll come back to bite us. So we got to go. I don't want to go. Shut up. You're going. You know, like the family road trip. Yeah. And, uh, well, okay, you can make me go, but you can't make me like it. I'm going to sit here and hold my breath till I turn blue, Um, which is pretty much what happened. All right.
1: Well, uh, Jay's recommending C-SPAN. Apparently that's the way to go to watch
2: anything. For for raw footage, absolutely. I I love C-SPAN. Who owns C-SPAN? Is
1: it?
2: I think Turner does. I think Ted Turner. Wow. But now I'm not sure who it's like. Known. is that Jane Fonda's Ted Turner? Yeah. He's the one that's he was like the father of cable, TBS, Turner Broadcasting. So why are they so
1: good at being bipartisan or not? Well, he's
2: not. But how's C SPAN? Like, do they have like strict rules or something? Oh, oh here we go. C SPAN is a private nonprofit company. Uh Created in 1979 by the cable television industry as a public service. So basically, okay, I I was totally wrong about it being Ted Turner. Uh, It's a nonprofit, kind of like an NPR where it's like what NPR was supposed to be. Nonpartisan, just representing. And and that's why a lot of the C-SPAN footage is Like unaltered.
1: Raw, yeah.
2: Raw. And it's boring. That's why no one watches it because you get the 3 a.m. Mr. Speaker, I'd like to introduce this bill or talk about it, you know, and it's very boring. It doesn't make yeah, I'm good saying television. 60% of that stuff is boring. I would watch uh, I would watch C-SPAN from time kind to of time. They would have uh, book author tours, and, and I love that. Oh, man, There you go. All right.
1: Well, we're going to take our final break here on Mornings and Lone Star, folks. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with other treats and coffee. For more information regarding store hours and delivery in downtown Conroe, Conroe Coffee is on Facebook or by telephone at 936-266. Seven six three
1: two. We would like to thank Conroe Coffee for being a supporter of Lone Star Community Radio and our morning sponsor with Mornings with Lone Star.
4: Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning services such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast. Create your first YouTube channel and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world.
3: Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas, dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from many sources including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org.
1: All right, we are back. Morning's Lone Star, 1048, irlonestar.com worldwide. Hanging out in the studio in downtown Conroe, Texas. State of the Union was yesterday, as so we just kind of talked about. Uh, C SPAN, apparently, that's the way to go. So if people are trying to watch stuff that seems important but boring, C SPAN, way to go. Uh,
2: <laughs> uh, Listener Jay has a good point that, you know, it's not that they have adverse responses to the party that's not uh, following the president. Uh, there have been state of the unions where the Republicans have been stoic in their responses to, I just think it's it's really heightened up lately, especially last year. Last year it was, uh, it was uncomfortable to me just watching it. Like people pretty much literally sitting on their hands. I think it was more relaxed this year. Um, I think the president, his speech writers designed it for there to be an appearance, at least of reaching across the aisle to recognize certain people. Even if it's just to say, Hey, you know, you can't complain about me not, recognizing the women in the room now while it was done uh i don't even know if trump meant it or not but it, it happened so yeah you know it's a great it's turned into another circus and it's been this way for quite a while you know under republican or democrat control doesn't matter it's, it's just becoming one of those things but i just found it really really interesting that the viewership has actually gone up on state of the union while all these other things we were being preached to are going down and i think those entities that are the, the NFLs of the world, the MPA, uh, the, the, not the MPA, the, uh, uh, the Academy of Arts and Sciences, they need to realize pe- people are, I think we're just getting tired of being pandered to, it, especially if you get to be my age or that it's been going on for so long. It's like when I pull up to a McDonald's drive-thru and I order something and they ask me if I want fries with that, sometimes I have to stop myself from saying, listen. Obviously, if I'd wanted fries, I would have ordered them. I know how this works. And I think people in general are going, okay, listen, we get it. You don't like the current administration or you don't like this or that or you don't like this healthcare situation. But now you're turning everything into it. And in the PR world, it's called the cocktail party motif because I've had clients come to me and say, well, you know, I tell everyone about my our, our product like all the time, but no one's buying it. Why? And I say, because think of it like on our, our, our Facebook page, which every day we put out something else about our product. I was like, but, and I tell them it's like a cocktail party. If you, if I walked into a cocktail party and said, hi, I'm Sean, I'm a C3. I do videos and this and that. Hi, I'm Sean. And that's all I do. People are going to tune me out. But if it's for every third time, I tell, you know, put, bust stop pictures of my grandkids. I tell a funny joke, talk about the weather then mention something about my job, and then I talk about the latest sports results and a theater show, and then I talk about my job. Is it where it's like every third thing you talk about? It's more engaging. People listen. And I think the 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 people who do the late night comedies and the award shows and the the big sports of this world or need to know that that we get it. You are opposed to this administration, or you were for that administration, or whatever. We now can we move on from it, and that's why I got tired of you know, shows that go overboard with it when you you don't have to.
1: Well, especially with the amount of options are today. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for folks to pivot and go somewhere else within, you know, a couple weeks.
2: And, and not just the number of channels, but streaming has opened up decades. I, I was like kind of on Netflix the other day, and I was doing a, a stream of consciousness thing. And TV shows that I hadn't seen in 30, 40 years are on there. Movies from like... I there, I've got a watch list now that I, I don't think I could ever watch them all because it's like, oh, my gosh, well, I forgot about
1: this. You know, we got four more minutes, but the, the, uh, the theory going on around streaming service now since Disney is building their own, and basically, just to give you an idea, their first movie that won't be on any streaming service starting with all the newer movies is Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is the first movie they have that basically said any movie from this point on will not be available on any streaming service that we make. Uh Outside of our own streaming service. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people are wondering like, when's it going to be get too bloated? And when people start, like, because, because some, basically, someone says Netflix and Amazon are going to have a better presentation than Disney mm-hmm. because Disney's great and everything, but people, Netflix makes new stuff that's really good and different from what Disney makes.
2: Well, let's go back to the point I just made. If Disney, if their streaming is, only Disney, all Disney, only thing then I'm the guy walking in there. Hi, I'm I'm Disney. Hi, I'm Disney. Yeah. No one cares. That's why Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime will succeed far better than Disney. And that's why CBS All Access is failing because people are like, I don't want to pay nine bucks a month to watch a show. Yeah. Well, we're going to bring in two shows and I, I don't want that show.
1: No.
2: Um. So the other streaming, I think they'll do just fine. It's like one of my TVs at home and in my office, I have a Roku TV. And I almost like bought it by accident. I didn't even know what Roku was. But I found, I went to some free channels. And I got like bad drive-in movies from the 1970s channel. I mean, literally, that's what it's called. And it had a movie on it called Super Van. It was a van movie that I loved. I hadn't seen in 40 years. And it's there. So just these free channels of these little dinky Roku movies and channels and options will keep me occupied that I never have to watch. A broadcast TV if I don't want to. In fact, it was funny because I've been looking at my DVR, the, the number of shows. That I used to record so many shows. Now it's, I think there are only like maybe four or five broadcast TV shows that I record, you know, I have set to record in my DVR, like Brooklyn Nine Nine, Blue Bloods, Hawaii yeah. Five O, and maybe People two others.
1: Know. All right, guys. Well, we got to be uh, locking up today's show. And I will let you know, we do have a guest tomorrow. We'll be live at 9 a.m. We have a guest coming in, I believe, at 10 o'clock. He's got a new website for those who are looking for information about Conroe. It's called ConroeInfo.com. We're going to have Jim DiNasso in at 10 o'clock. Thank you. And so if you're going to learn more about a neat way to find more information about what's going on around town, tune in tomorrow. So we're excited about that. And today's show, of course, is brought to you by beanpunk Coffee, C3Memories.com. And uh, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Uh, What else is there? Yeah, that's it. So thank you for tuning in. We got more stuff coming your way on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. The next show, they'll be live right now. We'll be at noon with Toast of the Town with Melanie and Christy. So stick around.